so glad you're availing yourselves to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals are being helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray the ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now, let's receive the message. a business or a consort around that so that you can help the next generation. You see, all of us will have to be generational mind. You see, we have to come to the place of stopping thinking about ourselves, our individual self, and how we're going to be comfortable and be uncomfortable for the next generation. I'm taking my time because I want you to understand this concept so well that by the time you turn 30, you'll be ready to just zoom in into your life's goals and achieve every purpose God brought you here for. Legacy is bigger than success. Legacy is bigger than success because I can work hard for 10 years and become successful in what I'm working on. But if I don't have anybody to carry it after I'm gone, that success would die with me. So it's important as every human being to think legacy more than becoming successful. And what is success anyway? Success is relative to what you're trying to achieve. To somebody who wants to build a house, four-bedroom house, after you build a house, you become successful. Maybe you were born in a ghetto part of your neighborhood. One room, you, your mom and dad and four siblings live in that one room. So when you come to a place and God gives you the ability to build a house, man of God, woman of God, you're successful. But success can become so draining that after you've achieved your goals and you don't have further goals to achieve, you become depressed. Ask most people who work hard to become successful in the field they were pursuing. I was watching Mike Tyson being interviewed and somebody had his, uh, what do you call it, all his medals on the table. And they were just talking about how historical he is. Mike Tyson listened to the guy, look at all the medals, look at the guy who was talking to him. He said, you're an historian. You live for, 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 for years and people remind you for what you've achieved. And he took that, those titles and medals and flipped them over. And he says, this is garbage. This is garbage. And I was listening closely. I thought he was going to say something negative. He said, yes, I've achieved this. But what? legacy am I going to live? This was for the time that I was stronger and I was knocking people out. But can I knock life out like I did and won this title? And he flipped it again and said, this is garbage. You see, he's come to a point in his life that what made him so proud and pompous doesn't mean anything to him anymore. I'm talking to you about something that would outlift you. Something that people will see and will know the effort and the toil and the pain you put in to achieve what you achieve. See, human beings are fickle-minded. We always think one track. We want money. So money is what we're thinking about. But guess what? After you've amassed all the money you want to amass in the world, what legacy are you living it's important for us to think about it, especially to those of you that are going well in age. 
You don't have time. You don't have forever to live. You don't have a big, uh, eternal to live unless you have a life with God. Let me tell you something. After you've lived and you've left this uh, plane, people will have, still have to remember you. And how do you want to be remembered? That's what I want to emphasize on today. How do you want people to remember you? For the confusion you created or for the problems you came to this world to solve? Every effort to help humanity in this your endeavor called life, you're living a legacy. Jesus says something in Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21, you can read it. It says, Live for yourself treasures in heaven, not here on earth, I'm paraphrasing, where moth can eat and thieves could come to steal. See, anytime I read scriptures like that, I try to bring myself down relevant to this planet earth. What Jesus was simply telling you is, don't live your life as if tomorrow you're dying to go to heaven, but live your life like heaven recognizes and sees your effort so that when heaven recognizes you, earth will never forget you. Amen. Have I interpreted it so well? Yes. Live your life like you came from heaven and you go back to heaven, but you came back here from heaven to leave a mark. Yes. I'll give you another example in Acts 10.31. There was a man called Cornelius. Cornelius, the Bible says, that was an Italian. Italians were those days, uh, we'll say, we'll call them what? Um, Gentiles. They were not part of the commonwealth of Israel. And the Bible says, this guy loved God, feared God so much, that all he knew was to pray and give alms. Say pray, pray. and give alms. You see, he wanted to get so much to God that every opportunity he gets, he gives. The Bible says that this man gave and prayed so much so that heaven could not take his eyes off Cornelius. That's what I'm talking about. That his prayer and his alms giving became like a statue before God. So God had to find somebody to go teach him how he can properly approach eternal life or eternity. To those of you that think that you can just love God and not go to church and love God and pray, that's all it is. You're making a mistake. There's a right way. There's a proper channel by which God has designed for you to have a relationship with him. Long story short, God had to touch Peter to go speak to Cornelius. But what I want to teach you is Cornelius' prayers and arms given became a memorial before God. What are you doing that is bringing your attention to heaven? What are you doing that is making heaven frown at you? What are you doing that the next generation will come and say that, oh, we wish he wasn't born, we wish he didn't live here. What are you doing that the next generation will miss you when you pass and you keep your name forever? That's what I'm talking about this morning. Success can be deceptive. After you've worked hard to achieve your dreams and your goals, what legacy are you leaving for the next generation? What are you doing that is helping the next generation to find a pattern for their life? What are you doing? What are you doing? 
Let me go straight to my subject. The definition of legacy is something that can be passed on to the next generation. So whatever you're doing, if it's just pleasing and satisfying you, you're not leaving a legacy. Legacies often tremendously impact and inspire confidence and courage and leaves pathway for future generations. It leaves pathway. So it means people who live legacies are pioneers. That blazes the trail. Yes. They take paths that nobody has taken before. They take decisions that is not comfortable so that they will be able to come to a place of complete control. So that when they find people that wants to follow the same path, it won't be difficult. Why? Because they've already paid the price to pave that way. How is your life going? Is your life every time in the comfort zone? Or you create opportunity to become uncomfortable so that you will leave a mark for that next generation? Is somebody still here? Yes. Every human being needs a roadmap to live their life. People who want to live legacy should not walk in paths that has already been blazed. They have to create new paths. They have to come to a place of knowing that they know that the path they took was not comfortable enough. And that for the next generation to have a comfortable life to live, they would have to blaze new paths for them. Amen. You see, when you have that kind of mindset and you begin to work in that kind of mindset, you get heaven's attention. Because the purpose of God bringing us here in Genesis is for us to become salt of this earth. It's for us to become preservatives of this earth. It's for us to set marks that no creation of God can set. The trees are not set, uh, setting marks. They're not blazing trails. What do you call it? The animal kingdom are not setting. They're just living as God gives them the opportunity to live. But you, being the next in command of God, God wants you to dominate this earth to a point that when you leave, your footprints will be all over the place. Live a leg legacy. Live a legacy to a point that the next generations will be glad that you came. They'll be glad that you were able to leave something for them to look up to for their lives to become easier. Since I'm speaking from a Christian point of view or from a uh, uh, biblical context, I want to read... Uh, this scripture, Proverbs 13.22, is familiar to most of you, but I want you to see it. Proverbs chapter 13.22, and then we, since we will be in Proverbs, we'll read 22.1. Amen? What are we talking about? Legacy. 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 If you don't understand what legacy means, Think about somebody who is working hard to leave something for the next generation. Think about somebody who lived a particular lifestyle, struggled to came, come to a place and decided enough is enough. I have to change the path for my children's children's children. That's what I'm talking about. Legacy comes in different forms. It can be the legacy of one's faith, spirituality. A legacy of 
moral ethics and core values, a legacy of monetary gains or assets. You have the right to choose what you want. Look at the scripture I'm talking about. Are you at Proverbs 13? Verse 22. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. It says, A good man liveth an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A good man lives an inheritance. In the beginning, I told you inheritance is the bigger aspect of legacy. See, inheritance includes your culture, landmarks, and everything that goes with that. But since God doesn't want you to stress yourself out, he wants you to zero in on the smaller portion of an inheritance. That is a legacy. Say legacy. legacy. What do your family or what is your family noted for? Is a legacy somebody left. Think about it for a minute. A good man will live with an inheritance. So it means that your achievement in life should surpass your generation. Amen. Let's go to 20. Maybe 22.1 will give you a, a clearer picture. Legacy is not the same as inheritance. Legacy is a smaller subset of an inheritance. 22.1. Proverbs 22.1. It says, good name is rather to be chosen than silver, than great riches, and love and favor rather than silver and gold. You see that? It says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and love and favor rather than silver and gold. Why am I emphasizing on this? We're living in a value-shifting generation. People would rather do things to make money and die after three years. Think about it. People will rather have all they want in six months and die and not care whether they left the name or not. But the Bible says that a what? A good name. A good name means that God brought you here, gave you an assignment, you took your time to build this assignment through a process of time. Every time you celebrate a birthday, remember that clock is ticking. Yeah. Ask yourself the question, am I walking the path God called me to walk? Am I doing exactly what he called me to do? Forget about ministry. Anytime we talk about purpose and path in church, people think it's all about singing, praise and worship to God, preaching the gospel. No, every gift God endows you with as a human being to serve humanity is your ministry. Some people cook like nothing else. Some people will cook and you forget you're chewing your fingers. By the time you finish eating their food, all your fingertips are gone. I mean, it's a joke anyway, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some people can dress. I'm talking about wear simple apparel. And you look at them and say, wow, this is a creature of the creator of the universe itself. Yeah. Every curve is at the right place. Everything is at the right place. 
You see, God gave all of us gifts and assignments. The mistake we make is most of us are busy trying to be somebody else. Especially those that have discovered their giftings and they are making errors in life. But God doesn't want us to compare nor compete with anybody. He wants us to discover why he brought us here and work on why he brought us here until we've left a mark which is called legacy here. So I came to challenge you. Watch what you do. Once in a while, check what you're thinking about because your thinking pattern determines your lifestyle. If you're a child of God and you have a defeatist mindset, there's something called the negativity bias. Every time somebody praises you, you squelch. Every time they say something negative, then you're excited because in your subconscious, you've been told over and over and over that there's something wrong with you. How many of you know most questions they have, they ask children, especially when they're curious and they're growing up, is what's wrong with you? They never ask, oh, you're uniquely made and your thinking pattern is expertly perfect. All they ask, when I was young, they asked you that question so many times. Because when my brothers are going in a different direction, I stand and watch and I know it's too common. I want to take the path of less resistance. I want to take a whole different path. So my dad will buy a khaki and so up and down for every male child. I will go to the Bend Down Boutique. Those of you who don't know, it's a revelation. Go search for it. And buy jean shorts and a, a very nice top. So I'm always different among my siblings. I didn't know that God was calling me to be different. You see, your difference is what separates you from the Lord. And that's what positions you for hatred and for envy. You have to stand to be different. You have to stand for what you believe. Because your belief system is creating faith. And people that are going to come after you and follow you and become just what God wants them to become. What kind of legacy are you living? Because le- legacy comes in different forms. Either you can choose to live a faith legacy. Your faith is an exemplary like Abraham that everybody who wants to talk about you talks about how strong faith you have. You hold something and you never let go until you've seen it happen. Can people... Emulate their life. Emulate the life you've lived after you're gone. Other forms of legacy you can leave is what? Ethics. Your ethical life. They say good name is better than what? Riches or silver or gold. You know what it simply means? You can just drop your business card and it's as good as a gold, American gold express card. Or platinum card. Why? Because your name has goodwill that anybody who comes across your name know that this person is with an astute morals. He can be trusted. Some people you mention their name and nobody wants to know. You know why? Because that's the legacy they left behind. They're con men. They're con women. So you have a choice. What kind of legacy do you want to live? You want to live a spiritual and monetary legacy? Work on it. It doesn't just happen. Do you want everybody who hears your name becomes inspired? 
Because every time you open your mouth, you're encouraging, you're motivating people not to stay in the status quo, which of course limits everybody. God sent me here to educate, motivate, empower, and equip you to become all that is created you to be. For those of you who think you're successful, sit down and go back. There are a lot to be done. As long as you're living, you're successful in whatever you think you're successful in, there are other faces and aspects of your life you haven't touched yet. I'll give you an example of one great man who showed us what legacy is, and then I'll let you out. Is that all right? Let's go to Genesis and look at the life of Joseph. You know the story of Joseph, right? Joseph was sold by his brothers because he was what? Unique and different. And I've already told you, if you want to stand out, let me tell you something. The devil will come at you. People who are insecure in their own life will find you threatening and they'll try to sabotage you. People who think that you're all that in a bag of chips will come after you. You know why? Because in the world, it takes just a few people to stand out. So when you stand up, they say that you stand out like a sore thumb. Everybody will see your difference. But in life, it's only our difference that causes us to make a mark anyway. How many of you will buy the same shoe style and the same color six pairs? Oh, come on. Tell me if you will. How many of you will choose to go to a shop and buy the same dress because the dress fitted you so well? and buy four colors of the same dress. Somebody's laughing because there was a story about that. Amen? But you see, God is a God of diversity and God that puts, invests into different portfolios. Somebody say amen. Amen. When God calls humanity, he calls us in different shapes and forms, different pattern of thinking. Some the devil has really done numbers on our brains that every time we think, we think negative. The devil is a liar. You'll be delivered today. Amen. We have to think like God thinks. God thinks possibilities. Yes. He sees darkness, he calls light. Why are you calling light darkness in the light? You're so negative. Everything about you is negative. Look at life positively. Yes, you've been through a lot of downsides. The opportunities for you to take to come up higher. So in Genesis chapter 45, you know the story of Joseph, or you want me to rehash it? Joseph was among 12 brethren. He had brothers. And one day God opened his eyes to see his destiny. Say destiny. Destiny, destiny is not a one shot deal. It's a journey. God will show you the picture of how your life is going to be and bring you back to start from the ghetto. You are a real estate mogul, building, I mean, five-star houses in what, prime real estate areas people are coming to buy. But you wake up in that vision or that dream, you're sleeping on a mat in, in, a, in a suburb where there's no running water. Come on, you, you see the picture I'm trying to paint. So God always makes sure that he draws your appetite by showing you how your end is going to be. And then he comes back to start with you. Our God knows the end from the beginning. 
So if you trust God, let me tell you something. Things that you saw in your childhood that you thought it shouldn't have been, it should be different. God was bringing your attention for you to change that. Can I say that again? Maybe you fasted and prayed before you had breakfast. Before you had your breakfast, it's already dinner time, so you eat once a day. That's what I'm talking about, fasting to eat breakfast. But you want your children to have, what, three square meals, including what, snacks in between, and a dessert. You can't wish it. You have to work it out. You have to be the person God will lay that burden on to let it happen. So I'm bringing you to a place of responsibility, understanding that the God that called you has given you enough abilities to change your situations and your circumstances. Look at Joseph. After he's been sold, went to Egypt, has been maltreated, lied upon, you think that God wants to promote you so the road should be easy, the devil deceived you. Now he has become renowned from prison. He's now a prime minister. People consulted him for his wisdom. The king wants to know his thought about everything. Now he's made it. Famine has come. God is now using Joseph to save Egypt's life because he was there to live a legacy. Don't forget that. So his brothers had that Oh, the economy in Egypt was booming, like some of us travel from Africa to this country. And then they realized the grass is not greener anyway. You have to stress yourself to get a dollar. Long story short, they came to meet his brother. His brother quickly recognized them, but they didn't. See, when people maltreat you, you know they forget about what they did to you. No, if you don't know, I'm telling you, if you're watching me and somebody has dealt treacherously with you for the past maybe 10 years, 5 years, 3 years, even 2 years, don't stress it. They don't even remember they did that to you. They don't remember. When you hold them in your heart, you're holding yourself back. Because the moment God promotes you, these are the same people who remember when they knew you from whence nobody knew you, but they will never remember once upon a time they bullied you for being different. So long story short, David's brothers, sorry, Joseph's brother didn't recognize him. He recognized them. And look at the statement he made in, I say, Genesis 45, right? Verse 7, look at 7, because you can read the whole story. It says, and God sent me before you to preserve you and a posterity in the earth and to serve your... Save your lives by a great deliverance. People who will live legacy should think generationally and think how they can what? Show posterity how it's done. Those who want to live legacy, that's how you should think. You think of how to make difficult things in your present day or present age easier for the next generation. I don't like it when a parent says that, oh, when I was a young girl, I used to hawk before I eat. I walk barefooted. You're fortunate. Now you're wearing shoes or slippers. And they deprive their kids because of that. You're not living a good legacy. Because when you have to leave a baton for the next generation, make sure you've covered yards upon yards. So that when they take two steps, they will gain what you didn't gain in a lifetime. 
That's what living the legacy law is all about. So look at Joseph. Instead of him being bitter and trying to pay his brothers back, his mind was renewed to a point that he saw himself as a pioneer. Somebody who should change the trajectory, change the focus of his whole family. So that instead of them dying in famine, their lives will be preserved. You want another proof? Go to 50. Since we're in Genesis, go to 50. Genesis 50, 20. Oh, Joseph really, really wept when he saw his brothers. Sometimes it's good to weep. I said sometimes it's good to weep. You know what weeping does? It cleanses your dry soul. From all the pain and the anxiety and the difficulty. Sometimes the weeping is not because you're sad, but because you realize that if I had been lazy, if I have changed my mind, if I have taken a different decision, this outcome wouldn't have come. It's an outcome because it was in before God brought it out. How did it come out? He used you. So an outcome needs to come because you work the works. Am I throwing words around? Is it too much? The outcome comes when you work it out. Where was it? It was in you all along. People thought it was impossible, but you saw what? The possibility, because you're working with God. And you were able to make that impact. Look at 20 or 50. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people lie. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This is a confession of somebody who took a bad situation and made the best out of it. Now his name is going to stay for years. How long did uh, Joseph live? He's dead and gone so many years. We're still talking about Joseph because he left a legacy. He gave birth to two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Their names stayed. Don't think about you and yourself and you alone. Make sure that every time you're thinking, you're thinking generationally. Because at the end of the day, people will remember you for one or two reasons. The problem you came here to solve or the problem you came here to create. There is enough chaos in this world. We want problem solvers, not problem creators. I share this simple message to remind you that God is not all about we rushing to go to heaven. God is all about using you to create the heaven here. So anybody who finds themselves connected to you, attached to you, will enjoy heaven whilst they prepare to go to heaven. And to those of you who have taken the path of the enemy, the devil, people are enjoying hell with you. The enduring hell. Thank you for the correction. The enduring hell. Because every time you show up, people hold their chairs. People sit properly. They don't know what they're going to face with you. You're so cantankerous that when they're having a party and everybody's laughing, the moment you show up, the DJ's music goes, the music stops, everybody stops dancing, and you wonder, oh, they don't like me. No, they love you. You just represent negative legacy. 
So sit down, ask yourself, is that how you want your life to be? You might be a, an elder in the church. You might be an apostle, a prophet, but it doesn't matter. You might be a church member. See, our God is a God of peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers, it means you can make peace. It means people can bring war to you, but because you are a peacemaker, the moment they get close to you, every war dissolves. Because you're a peacemaker. Don't make it your life's assignment to bring negativity everywhere you go. We've had enough of negativity. This is Wisdom Connection. I am Sam, here to serve you. God bless you. Till next week, keep watching Wisdom Connection. Like, share, subscribe to our channel because we want to have more subscribers. God bless you.